0: the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Arlene Gale, and she combines 30 years of marketing and writing expertise To help people communicate positive, productive, professional, and personal messages in a profitable way when adding the power of a book. She's considered the book writing business coach. You can find her at bookwritingbusiness.com. That's bookwritingbusiness.com. We're going to talk about not only how she helps other authors write their book to build and grow their business, But finally, like doing it for herself. So many of you out there are coaching others and your clients are winning in their life, but you're not even taking your own advice. You're not even applying that good wisdom and knowledge and nuggets to your own life. And maybe your clients are winning, but somehow you're still losing in certain areas of fulfillment in your life. So what would that look like? So we're going to get into this conversation. I'm going to let Arlene fill in a lot of the gaps in that intro. Arlene, welcome to the show. Fill in some gaps for us, would you? Gaps? You left
1: me Grand Canyons there, Joseph. Thank you for this massive, opportunity.
0: <laughs> massive Grand Canyons. This is what entrepreneurial <laughs> life looks like. Fill wow. in the gaps. Go. Go
1: go. Um, Well, I have written more than 100 books for other people who helped them earn millions of dollars for their business. And that's what I did for the first 25 years of my professional life. And then I realized I struggle with the same things that my current clients struggle with, the lack of confidence, um, when it comes to writing their story, the lack of skill. Uh, Well, duh, I've been doing it for other people for 25 years. So that was that was bogus. That was Mm -hmm. just one of those lies you know, I told myself, you know, lack of time, all those things that anybody who wants to write their story, whether it's personal or professional, all those excuses or reasons for not doing it were the same things I went through, and then, so I thought, well, actually, I had a friend who, you know, all of us have these friends who are brutally honest and annoying and then often happen to be right, Um, but she said, you know, get off the pot, stop talking about it, you know, put up or shut up kind of thing, so I did, and that's how I wrote my first book, Face Forward Movie. and I know you always talk about your messes, well, um, this is, this is the messy part of my life, the, you know, being raised, um, in a legacy of abusive alcoholism on one side of the family, and then religion and culture used as a weapon on the other side of the family, and this was multi-generational, so I got to a point in my life, and the turning point in my book is, I'm 18 years old, uh, I've been beaten for the last time, I've been thrown out, I don't have any money, I don't have any anything, and now what do I do, so, mm-hmm. The face forward is okay, I can either choose to move in the direction that I know or I can choose to do something different. And I decided that I literally would rather be dead than to duplicate the legacy that I was raised in. Um, so that was a challenge too. The move forward part in that title is the how do you move forward and live a productive lifestyle, a positive lifestyle to leave a positive legacy when you're having to do something 180 degrees different than anything you've seen modeled. So that's kind of my story. And so my life, you know, I say that I'm in marketing and advertising. So the billboard for my life, you know, when I'm running off, you know, off the edge of the road at 70 miles an hour, I can see the billboard for my life, which is I'm living a legacy of love, learning, and laughter. And that gets me back centered. And that is my billboard, my North Star, if you will, for my personal and professional life. I think there's way too much ugliness and hurt and pain in this world. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to turn that around. That's all I want to do. Really? I mean, really.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful. Like, are you, do you get why I just gave you all those gaps to fill? Because I wasn't going to say it that well that was personal to you, girl. Like you just brought out your soul and that was beautiful. And I love it because you started in pain and trauma, man, you know, as a child. And it's like, you didn't get to choose that. And I say it all the time, startup nation, you don't get to choose what you're handed in this life, right? but you do get to choose where you end up, where you land in this life. And that's what Arlene just spoke to. She's like, Listen, I grew up with trauma, guilt, shame, all of it, abuse, physical abuse, the works. But yet I don't choose that anymore. That's part of my past. It doesn't define me, but it reminds me that what I really want in my life is a legacy of love, learning, and laughter.
1: Absolutely. That's who I am. That's the heart of who I am.
0: Look at that. Beautiful. Now we could talk business stuff because we talked... (laughs) We got to the human stuff. You got to get to the human stuff first, right? Startup Nation, stop leaving your humanity out of your business. Stop leaving your faith and your belief systems out of your business. You're showing up inauthentic. You're showing up with a mask and asking people to do business with the mask.
1: No, absolutely.
0: With
1: you. Go ahead. Yeah, well, absolutely. And if I leave my faith behind, then it would change my whole business model because I believe in the do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And so I treat people with dignity and respect and we can agree to disagree, Um, you hire me as a book writing coach to kick your butt and keep you accountable. But if you tell me back off, I don't need that anymore, then you know what, you're the boss. But I'm going to give you what you pay for because I want to bring out the best in you. I want you to achieve. But if I get to the point where I want it more than you do, then it's not a positive relationship and we're both losing. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're both losing and I'm very much about win-win. So if I leave out my faith, I leave out you know, more than half of my business plan, you know, which is to treat people with dignity and respect.
0: Love it. Startup Nation, Arlene Gale, she's dropping some wisdom explosions on you. Are you you willing to receive it? All right, let's get into this. Part one, the money game. Let's talk money. My audience (laughs) loves context. Arlene, how much gross revenue did you do in the past 12 months with your business approximately?
1: Oh, Joseph, I hate to talk about money, because for me, it's not about chasing the money. It's about being authentic. It's about chasing your dreams, living your passion, working with people who recognize your value and you recognize theirs. But <clears throat> I know you like the money. so you I know, know, my listener does. <laughs> Listen, money keeps the
0: lights on so you can chase your passion. And That's do right. You thing. know, my car payment
1: and my rent and my electricity are not paid with passion. They're paid with greenbacks.
0: Listen, so. I just came back from the 10X conference grand cardone thing in uh in miami and the whole message was worship money greed success power and it made it the most important thing i disagree with that messaging Me 100 i agree with bringing in money and doing good things with that money 100 i am not anti-money but i'm anti-obsessed with money Right. So, go ahead. How well, much gross revenue did your business do in, in the, the last
1: 12 cost? months? I made the 100K and I doubled nice. that from the year before. And cool. I doubled the year before from the year before that because three, four years ago, I was chasing the money. And mm. so I was not happy in what I was doing. I was going for the easy, quote unquote, easy money. And you know spending 30 hours a week networking so I wasn't getting anything done I was networking in the wrong places with the wrong clients so I was spending I was spending a lot of money ended up in debt and not making any money and I hated my I hated myself I hated my job because I felt like you know nobody cared that I existed but it wasn't really about them it was about me selling out it was about me going for the money instead of doing what I'm passionate about and so as soon as I decided to stop playing small, to stop worrying about what other people think of me, so I'm le- I lead and I do my business now from the inside out, not from the outside in. I value myself, I value my my skills and talents and if other people value me, then we're gonna work together and if they don't, um, bless and release, you know? Cause they're, they've gotta make their own way just like I do. But when I started chasing my passion instead of the, quote, easy money, my income doubled and then doubled again because I love getting out of bed in the morning and doing my work.
0: So, Arlene, I love the messaging. Is it possible to chase both, to chase the passion and the profits?
1: Yes, but I think passion comes first because – and let me give you the first example that comes to mind is – I'm living from a place of passion and building my business that way, but the reason my income was able to double again was because I doubled the cost of my services. So if you want to work with me, you're going to pay a higher value because the people who are willing to pay the higher value are the ones that are willing to work. So well, how, I, did,
0: how did you know when to do that specifically? How did you know when your own self-worth in the eyes of your customers was at that point where you could double your rate without losing? Oh,
1: you were so making me wallow in the mud of self-confession, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, well, what happened was I was getting a lot of one-on-one clients and they were paying my lower rate. But what I found was they didn't want to do the work. They wanted me to do the work. And I'm very clear that if you hire me as a book writing coach, I can help you do the process. I can help you write your book by breaking it down into small pieces and by specifically targeting why you want to write the book, how you want to use the book, and where do you find your clients. But what I found is even with that kind of formula and bite-sized pieces and hand-holding and unlimited access by email, the clients that were buying in at the lower level didn't didn't feel the pain of having to stretch for the success and thought I was going to do it all for them and so and I was working 60 to 70 hours a week and I didn't want to do that part of being a solopreneur an entrepreneur was so that I could make my own schedule and I have a family and they're my you know a top priority so when I doubled my fee I cut in half maybe a third the clients that I'm working with but those clients are serious and they've got skin in the game and we work hard and we get things done and what I realized is my price point gave them an external belief in my value until we started working. And then that went to man, this girl, she knows a thing or two or 10, you know, she can help me get this done. So the price point valued me and brought me clients who valued me.
0: I really get that. How did you get comfortable with doubling your price and seeing your, your own value at that price tag when you were living in a smaller price tag literally a week prior to that? Is that a clear question? Um, it was you, hard because
1: okay. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I've got 50 clients and now I've raised my price and I've only got 20 clients. But what, again, it was me sitting back and doing the boo, boo, you know, and then thinking, okay, snap out of it, girl. Um, look at the progress you've made in the last two weeks with these clients that you couldn't make with the other clients because these clients have literally bought in and mm. they trust me. They see my value and so at first, that transition was really hard, because you see the drop in the number of clients, but the other thing that was interesting is because I raised my price, I had less clients who were more committed, and I made the same amount of money.
0: Mm. See, but that's we're so awesome more so, stuff done. Yeah, so startup nation. listen to what Arlene's saying right here. Right now, are your clients more spectators in the stands? But they want you out on the on the field playing the game out on the court and like, hey, go play the game. I'll just pay to watch you play it, coach. Or, and win for
1: and win for them. They correct. want me to win for them instead of them stepping into their own power and their own passion to win for themselves. I should be coaching them, not not being their their team you know their whole team you know I want to coach people to win I don't want to win for them there's no value for someone else if I give them their answers
0: wow powerful I'm loving this all right so let's get into how did you how first off you're at you're over 100k now great job congratulations on that um I, I kind of picked up clues was it three years to get to the 100k mark how long did it take you from day one starting yes to three years, three years. Look at that. I had to unpeel that onion. All right, (laughs) cool. Three years. Um, It took you. All right. So startup nation, you got to put in the work, right? Year one, whatever you're charging, right? By year two, double it. By year three, double that again, right? Why? Because you're getting better. Your expertise is getting better. You're you're working out the bugs. You know, one thing I do with some of my spiritual coaching clients as I'm just starting out, right? I'm 30 days into this new business or whatever. And what I did is I said, hey, here 's what' i 'm uh, charging for my boot camp or whatever, um, but because i 'm still working out some of the bugs, the next two people get it for this price i 'd like you to be one of them and and it 's people like well shoot that's that 's awesome all right. all right and it 's nice because it frees me up where i don 't have to be perfect
1: absolutely and you know and that 's giving back to your community and that's setting up the win win environment, but the other thing I want to say is that so many people think that the price point or raising your prices about being greedy or being selfish and that was something I had to deal with is that that's not it at all and sometimes for some of us that feels to me sometimes talking money and I did it with you today it feels icky you know it feels invasive because you know it it it's not my priority. But the fact is, is that if you're not looking at your bottom line and making your money, you don't have a business, you have a hobby, you have a recreational sport. <laughs> and I want to have a business, I want to build a legacy of helping people to win to succeed.
0: Love it. So startup nation, listen to our stop making yourself into a nonprofit. <laughs> Make some profit and help some people. You can help more people when you make more profit. Keep expanding. All right, so how did you make your first $100,000, Arlene? Like specifically, give us your top three tips, top three strategies that helped you go over the past three years to make that first 100K that we can actually apply right now into our business.
1: Well, the first one would be this you know, when we say we're solopreneurs, that's such a misnomer, because we can't do this alone, first of all, you need clients to make money, right, but the other thing is, is there are things that I'm really, really good at, and there are things that you are really, really good at, and they're not necessarily the same things, Um, I'll give you an example, I spent, okay, shameless, muddy, self-confession stuff here again. I spent two days messing up my website because I am not a technology person. I am not a website person. And when I messed it up really badly so that I couldn't go back and fix it, I sent an email to my website guy and said, okay, this is what I did. This is what I wanted to do. It took him an hour to fix my mess and then an hour to do what I asked him to do. Did you get the part that I spent two days messing it up? (laughs) So don't go it alone is the bottom line. Find people who are experts in their field and work with them because by doing that, the Everybody rises because they're in business to make money, too. They're in business to share their expertise. So if you're not good at technology, find people who are good at that. I don't do my own website. I don't do my own taxes. I I am not a lawyer, and I do not play one on TV, so I have a lawyer. You know, I have a lawyer who takes care of personal stuff, and I have somebody who's good at intellectual property stuff. So you know, don't go it alone. Solopreneur, I wish that word just didn't exist. We are entrepreneurs and we win when we work together. So that's number one. Number two was realizing that I was busy all the time, but there were days that were different kinds of busy. And so I think to look at your daily schedule and where you spend your time, because there is a difference between being busy and being productive. So create a list of things to do that will make you productive and help you today take the next step in whatever it is you're trying to do and be productive, be purposeful, be direction driven instead of just trying to consume the 24 hours in the day. So Mm -hmm. that's number two and I think the number three is just don't, we've talked about that a lot, don't undervalue your services and part of that means knowing who your competition is, because I get, I get told all the time. Oh, there's no other look like this out on the marketplace. And, and I have a little snarky inner voice that says things like denial, denial. Yeah, they're in denial because they haven't done the research. There is nothing new out there. And I equate it to music having the same what, eight notes? See, I'm not good at music, so I shouldn't have gone that direction, but here I go anyway, Um, but look at all the fabulous types of music, rock, rap, opera, jazz, blues, um, hymns, there's so much great music out there, but they're using the same notes. The same thing happens when you have a competitive environment in business know who your competition is and be brutally honest about how you are unique or different or you're taking the same old thing and moving it to the next level because finding your uniqueness is what's going to build you up to the profits you want to have
0: can i can i use me as an example
1: absolutely
0: let's just have fun with this
1: Please do. i have all over the place so it's your turn
0: All right. Yeah, yeah. This is like my other show, Broken Catholic. Let's do the the confession, right? Okay. So yeah, Arlene, like I had to look at, okay, this show, First 100K, like there's so many entrepreneur podcasts out there. And I really had to look at some of the other ones out there, the competitor podcasts. And I'm like, man, these guys are good hosts. They bring so much value. Plus they, a lot of them have celebrity, right? They're, they're famous. And I'm like, Mm -hmm how do I compete with famous? Like I'm not. So I really had to step back and, and, and take a look. And and it was to, to get transparent and to get real, kind of like what you're saying, just take a hard look on the inside and say, well, Joseph, what, what can you actually bring value wise to people that maybe nobody else is talking about right now? And I really got clear on, you know, what frustrates me as an entrepreneur, listening to entrepreneurial podcast at, like, what as a frustrates you, class. Joseph? Yeah, so Arlene, what frustrates me is when people, all these top uh, interviewers, they interview all these millionaires and billionaires about how they made the millions and billions, but they really focus the whole interview on all the sexiness of it, right. on the millions and the billions, the successes and the wins. And they don't talk about what I'm struggling with right here in making my first 100K. Right. And I'm like, why doesn't someone do a show about like, the mental game of entrepreneurship in year one and right. all that that crap that's stuck between my head that is keeping me from getting to that next level to 200k 500k a million 10 million 100 million like because yeah. this is where 90 percent of people like me are stuck and then i was like oh crap why don't i do that show
1: well and speaking of crap since you brought that up <laughs> Um, You know, so many people quit, you know, and the people that are already making millions of dollars, they may forget where they started, Amen. but, you know, so many people are starting out and they quit because, you know, there's a lot of crap you have to trudge through sometimes and it's stinky and it's slimy and it's just, nobody wants to be there. So one of the things I like to talk about and I teach my clients is, yeah, there's crap, and you have a choice to make when the crap starts flying. You can sit there and get stuck in it and enjoy the stinky stickiness of it all and choose to be a failure because it is your choice or you can take this stuff and use it as fertilizer and brush it off and decide, okay, what am I gonna do with this crap to help me grow to the next level? What am I learning from this so that I can take the next step? Because it really is about us choosing to fail or to fertilize. In too many people are afraid of failure, so they do nothing. Too many mm. people are failing or doing something quote unquote wrong and they don't stop. If shifted, for example, say that then again. How do I shift my up. business and fine tune my. Oh, oops, sorry. So let's say, you know, people want to talk about they failed, but it's not necessarily that they failed if they stop and look and say, okay, maybe the marketplace has shifted a little bit. How do I just shift just a little bit, like go from the slow lane to the fast lane and around this slow car that stuck or stopped? And how do I make that shift in the marketplace so I'm still relevant? So Mm. sometimes sometimes you just got to get over it because it ain't about you. (laughs) It's about the marketplace. It's about something
0: else. I agree completely. And Startup Nation, you know, being being Arlene kind of spun the show on me a little bit here, which I've allowed her to do, which I never do, by the way. And, and I got a little confession going on. Listen, there's some days, please don't take this personally, but it may sting a little. There's, there's days and weeks uh, when I'm doing this weekly show, I don't want to show up. And I don't want to create value for you as a listener. I just don't. Like, I'm going through my own crap right? There's some days where like, yeah. I'm, I'm not feeling like doing a show, right? It's like you go through the highs and the lows of life. And some days I feel high and I feel energized and it's like, yes, all right, let's go create some value for my listeners. And then other <laughs> days I'm like, I just want to curl up and stay under the covers here or go go swimming or go to the beach. I don't really want to show up right now. Absolutely. But, but to Arlene's point, The reason why our show is now in over 85 countries and growing is because I have showed up every single week. No matter how I feel, I show up and I put in the time, I put in the value, I put in the work. And I've missed one show, which was Thanksgiving of the previous year. And I vowed that I would never do that again because I broke my integrity to you, my listener. That When I promise a weekly show that airs every Thursday, I need to show up and be my word in the marketplace. And I think right, that, that goes a long way.
1: Right, because it's not all about rainbows and unicorns. Some days are just hard, Heck you know, yeah. and um, unicorns are myths. Oops, did I say that out loud? Um, you know, you got to be your own unicorn. You got to shine even if you don't want to shine because, you know, some, some days it's a fake it till you make it. You know, be happy and be productive until you get your heart to follow along with what the, the direction the rest of the body and mind is going.
0: All right, so I got to push back on that, Gail, because I hate that fake it till you make it crap. I believe it's face it till you make it, okay? Okay, you, face you it, gotta, I'll do that. You got to face it, right? What's your book title again?
1: Well, my first book, my personal story is Face Forward, Move Forward, and, you know, that's you right. You got to face it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and when I say fake it, it's more of a personal internal thing, not I would never fake it with my clients. You know, I've got a couple clients that, you know, we get together in the morning with coffee and our pajamas still on because we don't feel like facing the world. And that's okay, because that we have that kind of relationship. But sometimes our head will be louder than our heart and our head will say, yeah, you don't really need to be doing this today. And your heart just has to say, well, uh, my head's not feeling it, but my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead that way anyway.
0: Amen to yeah. that. I say it all the time. Your mind is a liar. Your heart speaks the truth.
1: No, absolutely. Stop listening
0: to your mind. It, it keeps you small. So awesome. All right. So quick recap, Startup Nation, Arlene Gale. She, you can find her at bookwritingbusiness.com, bookwritingbusiness.com. Her top three tips to make your first 100K or your next 100K. Tip number one, find an expert to help you in the areas you just suck at. Okay, because you all got areas Good that paraphrase. you're welcome, right? That you just suck at. And, and I say it all the time entrepreneurship is not a solo sport. And that's what Arlene is reminding us of. Our, it's not a solo sport. Stop going alone, right? Rather than solopreneur, be a copreneur, right? Be a Ooh, copreneur. Like that. That's how it works. All right, so uh, step number two, she says create daily priorities in your calendar. Don't just be busy for the sake of busy and using up the day. But actually get clear, like, what are the things that are going to move the dial? What, what are the things that are going to bring in revenue into my business? Absolutely. Or what are the things that are going to grow you and make you better at creating value for others? Grow your expertise so that you could show up better for that. And schedule some of those days where you're like, today is a learning day for me. I'm not going to serve anyone. I'm actually going to fill up myself so that I can overflow for others tomorrow and the next day and then top top tip uh number three arlene says don't undervalue your services go out and know your competition get clear on it because there are awesome solutions to other people's pain when you look at what is already being addressed in the marketplace and just get real about it even if it's counter to your idea like your idea is already out there and that goes (gasps) oh Most of you aren't like researching your competitors because you don't want to actually get real that they're already providing what you think is your greatest, biggest idea. Right. And until you face that music and face reality and get out of your effing fantasy, right? Like you got to face that. And what you'll find is that, wait, there's a, a nugget within the nugget. Like what about this? right? Maybe I could serve people this way. Nobody's doing that. And that might be where your passion just lights up and shines. Absolutely! Awesome Can I job, so- Arlene. Go ahead. Anything you want Can to add? Can I add
1: something real quick? Uh, as part of that is don't undervalue your services and don't be afraid of your competition. My most recent book, Book Business Blueprint, is in the business consulting category. And everybody told me, don't put it there. Don't put it there. You can't compete with these big guys. You can't compete. You can't compete. Well, first of all, I hate the words the word can't if you tell me i can't i will die trying and i usually will make it happen obviously since i'm still here but um that book in 10 hours went to number one new release in that category and stayed there for a couple weeks and it's because i knew my competition and i didn't let them intimidate me or make me back down because the other part of that that i decided in my brain was if i only break the top 10 against this competition dang, girl, you're doing all right with that, you know? And so if we aim really high and we only get to here, that's still so much more than what we've got today. So don't let people intimidate you. If you believe in yourself and your value and what you're offering, then go
0: for it. I love it, Arlene. So part two is the mental game of entrepreneurship. Even though we've been jumping all over the place, (laughs) dripping in all that throughout the show so far, why do you think 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K right now?
1: Ooh, that's an easy one. And that's, that's one of my buttons you just pushed there. Um, <laughs> they don't understand their target market. They don't understand who they're serving because it goes against our human nature to think about our target market as being a narrow slice of the world. And so when I tell people you have to really refine your target market, they go, well, but about, what about them? And what about them? And what about, well, think, imagine throwing a pebble into a pond where that pebble lands, that's your ideal, perfect, 100%, they're going to need your services target market. But then that, there's ripple effects. So you bring in the secondary market and the tertiary and the fourth level, and word of mouth is going to expand because you are right on target with your primary target market. So you cannot be all things to all people. So really refine your target market, really focus. And it's, Tricky sometimes because when people think about target market, they think age, gender, maybe geographic location, socioeconomics, that's called demographic information. But if you really want to market and fine tune, yes, that's the head stuff, exactly. Psychographics. That you have to go to the psychographics. What are their pains? What are their needs? What are their deficiencies? And how do you address those issues with what you're providing? which means that, that your target market needs to know that you know their pain, mm-hmm. And beyond that, the next level is how do you solve that? What are you offering? What makes you an expert in moving your customer, your target market to a higher level beyond where they are stuck or where they are living today? So target market and narrow focus is a key to success. And I think too many people wanna be, all things to all people, and therefore, they're nothing to no one.
0: I really like the metaphor you used of the, the pebble into the lake. I think, think the lie our mind tells us, Arlene, is that in order to impact the whole lake, which is, represents the whole world, mm-hmm. I have to throw in a, like a million pebbles all at once to cover all that water or one boulder the size of the lake to, <laughs> to impact it all, right? Which is both fantasy, right? It, exactly. it, it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, no, you don't need to do neither of those. All you got to do is throw in a pebble anywhere you choose, and that ripple will impact the entire Lake, the entire world, etc. I like that metaphor. That was Thank common.
1: you. Well, and that pebble is the number one key thing that you are the best at. If yes. you are the best speaker, then that's your business plan. That's what you're building on. If you're a good, the best one-on-one coach for whatever topic, then that's the pebble. That's what the pebble represents and you really have to be clear about your offering now if you want to be a one-on-one life coach or business coach it doesn't mean you can't do workshops or you can't speak no what it means is that you're focusing here and that one skill set is going to is going to be the ripples that you're hitting the target markets with so you just have to be very very clear i i just had a, a epiphany of a client He had a barbecue restaurant, and I was helping him build social media content and a website. And so I asked him, who's your ideal client? And his response was, anybody who eats. Well, no, because, you know, as I'm sitting there engulfed in the smoky smell of the barbecue brisket and chicken and sausage, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's a vegan. She is not coming into this place. And she eats quite regularly, actually. And so she's not in your target market. And then I'm looking around at the restaurant and I'm seeing, you know, those posters from different companies where you have the scantily clad people, Um, they were all over the wall. I'm not bringing my family in here. I got teenage boys, I am not having them sit here and stare at these posters. So you are not a family restaurant. So one is it about who you are and how you present yourself that talks to your target market. Because again, you cannot be all things to all people. And I know it feels weird and it feels backwards, but just trust me on this. I got 30 years of experience doing marketing and being successful at it. So just, just take that, that little pearl of wisdom and try it and see how it works.
0: Startup Nation, will you take Arlene's challenge? Come on now. Arlene, what is your number one daily habit that helps you grow your customers?
1: see and I thought you were going in a different direction so I'm going to take you there first the number one daily habit that I have that helps me grow me so that I can touch my passion to do my business is my husband and my children never leave the house unless we get a hug and a kiss and I love you have a good day so I know you know it does well and it doesn't matter if I just you know told my husband he was a bonehead about something you know it's forgive and forget and move on and by the way he tells me I'm a bonehead sometimes too and it's worked for 40 years so you know it it is what it is but being in touch with my number one priority which is my family and starting every day with a hug and a kiss and I love you is a reminder that I have value to somebody Mm. and that, I, that they love me warts and all, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I can take that and then turn around and love my clients warts and all.
0: That's I a can, clear answer. Yeah, yeah, so that works. You fill up yeah. first with your own mm-hmm. family and fill, fill up with love and then you're able to just go out and be of service to others.
1: Absolutely, because you cannot that. give what you don't have.
0: Amen, girl. What's so, the number one thing that love. helped you? What's the number one thing that helped you grow your profits? The number one thing, if you had to choose one thing.
1: Uh, No pressure. Do you have any Jeopardy music or anything? Number one thing. (laughs) Oh, number one thing, take your value from internally. So work and live from the inside out, not from the outside in. So you present your value and your heart to the world. Because there are going to be people be people out there who are going to say, I just don't get you, or I don't understand that, or that's just stupid. You know, my teenage son's favorite saying used to be, well, that's just stupid. Well, you know, you're going to run into people like that. So here's a little, little nugget for free. When somebody tells you that they don't get you, or they don't understand what you're doing, or why you're doing it, or I don't need you to do that, Um, put your feet firmly planted on the floor, stand up big and tall, look them in the eye. That's right. Look them in the eye, smile and say, thank you. Because they just did you a huge favor. They just told you that they're not part of your target market. So take that gift, hold it close and move on because you know what? 90% of the rest of the world is gonna love you.
0: Love it. All right. How do you stay inspired and take action Through obstacles and challenges that can make you feel defeated.
1: One step at a time, one foot in front of the other. And you know what? There's no shame in my opinion. If when you get to that place where you feel that I sit down in a place where I can just go full ugly cry, you know, and I give myself a couple minutes to do that. And then I say, okay, that's enough. What are you going to learn again? That's wallowing in the crap. And give yourself permission to be okay with doing that. But then give your if it's about something I don't know, I have to give myself permission to say, it's okay, I don't need to know that. I know this person who knows that, and I'm calling them right now to pull me out of this muck. So it's acknowledging that there's going to be crap, and I'm going to learn from my mistakes, or I'm going to learn how I'm going to do something different other than sit there and wallow in it.
0: Startup Nation, what great advice. Go Do your ugly cry and put a time limit on it. Get it out. You got to get it out. Get out all the skidooge. That creates the open space of creativity.
1: Let the ugly stuff out so the good stuff has room to come on in.
0: Amen, sister. All right, so we're listening to Arlene Gale. She's my guest today. I'm having fun with her. Are you having fun listening to her?
1: Absolutely. Do we ever have to stop? This is great. We've got yes, so much gone. stuff we can talk about.
0: I'm actually running over a little bit, and I don't care because the value is here. All right, you can find her at bookwritingbusiness.com. Bookwritingbusiness.com. Arlene, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you ten quick fire questions. You have three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready?
1: Ooh, I don't know, but bring it, bring it.
0: All right, Arlene, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur?
1: Free time to spend with my family and getting to set my own
0: schedule. Love it. What's your least favorite thing?
1: Free time.
0: (laughs) And what to do with it all.
1: (laughs) Well, no, because sometimes if, you, if there's too much free time, I wonder, well, where are my clients? Why is it so quiet around here? What am mm. I not doing that I need to be doing? So, um, yeah, so that's a mixed blessing sometimes.
0: I agree. What are you most afraid of?
1: <laughs> not being loved. No, I mean, really, I mean, we all just want to be loved. We want to be appreciated. We want to be valued. And as much as I know that I am loved by my family and you know, I say that I've been blessed by people who've been put in my path who choose to love me, even though we're not blood related and they don't have to. Um, that's it for me.
0: Arlene, I choose to love you.
1: Thank you. I choose to love you back. Yay. Awesome.
0: Okay. Yeah. what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Worrying. Worrying
1: worrying, worrying instead of doing something. So worrying that I didn't have the skills. So instead of getting up and learning the skills or, some, or finding someone who did, I just sat there and worried.
0: Mm, got it. What secret fear do you have about yourself or about others?
1: About myself? Um, well, I wanted to not die and not make a difference in the world. And that's huge because i You know, I wanted to be a Mother Teresa, but, you know, I finally owned the fact that I probably never will. So I don't have to change the whole world is my realization. I just have to drop that pebble in and by ripple effects, change the world that I can, that is within my reach, that I can change, that I have some influence on. So I want to make a difference in the world, whether that's helping someone write their personal story or business story, or whether it's helping, Um, I do a lot of work in the community, and the education system, and I teach robotics. I coach robotics teams. And so I want every kid to know that they've got some adult that they can turn to if they ever need it. And that's how I make my difference.
0: That's so cool. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business?
1: I had value.
0: That you personally had value to give. Exactly. I get that. What's you know, I spent the of...
1: first 50 years of my life trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I re- and then I start, I realized that once I put the worry aside and the doubt aside, I had been doing what I loved already for 25 years. Writing. You're, absolutely, yeah. and I was just too afraid to acknowledge it or whatever that emotion was, and then it just hit me one day that you've been doing what you love for a couple decades now. Shut up and move on. <laughs>
0: You know, it's interesting because I think about myself, like my entire life, friends in my immediate circle, I've been coaching and inspiring people to bring out their full potential in their life, whatever that looks like, a whole and complete life. I've been doing it my whole life without even knowing, darn, I'm good at this. Like people like hang around me to almost get some of this that, like, oh, I'm feeling like crap today. Hey Joseph, you busy? Like, and it was kind of like that. And I didn't even realize, man, that's like a skill set that I have, and I love doing it. Absolutely. So I, I really get what you're saying. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, what is a new habit that you want to form?
1: Ooh, I am creating a private Facebook group and online courses. So I've got, I'm getting ready to where I'm going to interview experts in the book writing world and clients about their hopes and dreams and fears. And we're going to build a community that's going to be accountable to each other and lift each other up. But I know nothing about how to do that.
0: That's <laughs> why you're going to be good at it. Because <laughs> literally just show up and talk about, <laughs> I know nothing about how to do this. Yes. And that's you feel the same way, don't you? Right. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, and I, f-
1: I found some people who can help me take my online courses and put them online. So, um, you know, so it's it's a huge stretch for me, but I'm really, really excited because I think it's going to expand my reach to be able to
0: serve more people. I believe in you. What's a bad think, habit you want to break?
1: Bad habit I want to break? Carbohydrates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's on> bread. <laughs> Darn bread, bread, bread,
1: pasta. Well, and also the, um, I wish I spent less time worrying and more time doing, you know, that's a constant struggle. And I think for anybody, but I, I get past the worry faster than I used to a year or two or 10 ago, but still it's the, I don't like to let people down. And, Mm. um, that's a big, that's a big thing for me. And I realize that I let people down when I worry about letting them down instead of getting up and just doing what it is that's required of me.
0: Yeah, I get that. Like if you worried more about like adding value to people, you'd probably show up and add value to people more. Like it's so interesting, whatever we're focused on, the mind goes and goes, okay, I'll go get you more of that. Well, I, I think pick-
1: what happens is people get stuck in the worry and they don't move from worrying to doing. And that's what I'm talking about
0: doing. Yeah, get up and do it. You got to do, do it. it. You got to move from worry to wonderful. Move from worrying to wonderful. I don't know Can why that, that sounded like something good. Okay. I like it. Oh, you do? Cool. I do. I pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Powerful. Um. Oh, gosh, that's so hard. And, you know, in Texas, we say it ain't bragging if it's true. <laughs> but it's so hard for people to look themselves in the mirror or in the camera and think about the good stuff, those three words that define who I am. I, I lead from the heart. So I'm heartfelt. I'm powerful. And I'm passionate about serving others.
0: Love it. That wasn't that difficult. Pick three words to describe who you were when you your first year in this business.
1: Oh, man, who I was. Yeah, scared. Yep. Doubtful. Yep. But still passionate. And Got that's it. what kept me alive.
0: Well, you've really progressed. Look at that. You replaced two of those, you know, limiting ones. Awesome job. Yeah. All right. And last question, Arlene, if you could come back to life after you died, look, your family and friends, your kids in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice. What would you say to them?
1: Live a legacy of love, laughter, and learning.
0: Man, I love the way you just wrapped that up in a pretty bow. That was awesome. <laughs> that Any- gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it should. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K or their next 100K this year?
1: Figure out what you're really good at and is it a passion of yours? Then find out your competition and where you fill a gap or a hole or take something to the next level and then believe you can do it and then just do it. One foot in front of the other.
0: All right. What's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you?
1: Well, I'm on Facebook, Arlene Gale, and Gale is difficult. It's four letters, but it's G-A-L-E, and I know it can be spelled a hundred different ways, but it's G A L E. So Arlene Gale on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. My website is bookwritingbusiness.com. And if you go to the bottom of my homepage, I will give you a free book that talks about the five, the first five writing things that you should do or writing tips to write to get your book started. So if you go to the bottom of Bookwriting, the homepage on bookwritingbusiness.com. You can download that free book and find some words of wisdom. And if I can ever help you take the next step in your business and your written business communication or marketing, or if you're ready to write that book, please connect with me. I love that. That's what I do.
0: I like it. Startup Nation, if you resonate with Arlene, and you resonate with the way she speaks, how she shows up in the world. If you resonate with the legacy she wants to live and is, is in right now, which is love, learning, and laughter, then why not reach out to her at bookwritingbusiness.com? Absolutely. Plus, she's given you a free gift. Get your free guidebook, Five Steps to Writing Your Own Book. I put only, but Five Steps to Writing Your Book. Go get that now. So, Startup Nation, also, I want to say, do you enjoy listening to my show? Like, do you enjoy the guests that I bring to you. Absolutely. I've
1: listened. They're great.
0: Are listening? You're listening. Well, then listen, startup nation, subscribe on iTunes, write a a nice five-star review. Tell me the value. I want to hear like what value is it? How is it helping you in your life? Hearing these inspirational stories. What value is it adding to your business when you hear about my guests failures and then how they rose up from that and how they're starting to win now, how they overcame trauma from their childhood and they have created their own empowering belief systems. How does that impact you? Go and write that 5 five-star review, subscribe to the show. Now, Arlene, thanks for being on the show. I wish you God's love, God's peace, and love learning and laughter girl.
1: Thank you, Joseph. It's been a pleasure. It's such an honor. And thank you for not making me cry, but making me laugh and share my passion.
0: You got it. God bless. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. we got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.